the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We got an absolutely fantastic show, I tell you. Uh, you know, what are you listening to it on the radio? And if you are, if you want to call in, that's 1-866-577-2473. Uh, whether you're watching it on, on E360 TV, YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and 25 plus other live streaming network, welcome to the show. You know, and uh, Michelle, as you see, that I am very excited about this show today. I'm I excited about I know yeah. you're excited. I've been talking about it for the full week. So that means you're, re- I mean, you're excited about every show, basically. But, you know, you're excited to have one of our favorites, like a honorary guest as a guest co-host on the show. And also, oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> and we have an amazing guest on the show as well. How you doing, Dr. Mantel? How you doing, man? I'm flying high with my two favorite media people here. You guys are the most special people in the world. And uh, the audience, your audience of, I don't know, tens of thousands or more and more uh, know that how well you do a show. So this is going to be great. We That's have a great be. guest today. We got a great guest. And uh, and, and Dr. Manta, I want to thank you. First of all, you, you always introduce us to absolutely fantastic guests. Uh, Michelle and I had a, an opportunity to, to chat with this guest. And I'm not going to call her name right now, Michelle. I'm not going to take her thunder. Uh, but uh, we're going to introduce this guest. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the, the title of the show, the purpose, and we're going to get off into this because I'm excited. Michelle, can we get this thing started? Yes, and the title is 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 is, is amazing. At Your Home Family Care, A Journey in Health, Wellness, and Caring with Lori Edwards-Tate, MS President and Founder, Your Life, Your Health, Health is the Greatest Wealth, and the purpose is getting to know the um, our, the president and founder of At Your Home Family Care, Lori Edwards-Tay, and talk about the services provided by this organization and discuss issues like caring for a loved one at home, the issues of health care staff shortages, stigmas of ageism and developmental disabilities, and many more. But let me tell you a little bit about this guest. And I, I'm not going to even go do her justice because she's got so many credentials under her. Since 1984, Lori Edwards-Tate has been the president, founder, and CEO of both a nonprofit and currently 
for-profit non-medical home care aid organization called At Your Home Family Care. It is a state of California Department of Social Services licensed home care organization that currently serves seniors, disabled, infirm, and children and holds contracts with a variety of governmental and nonprofit community partners. They are funded 50% by private duty and private pay services. She holds a Master's of Science in Human Resource Management and Organizational Development from Chapman University and a Life Credential Community College instructor. She established a home care aid training program at Cal State University College of Extended Studies. She's also a founding member of Chapman University's local advisory council. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she's done so many things. She has so many positions, but I'm going to let her tell you about it. Welcome, Lori Edwards-Tate, to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure, and happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to you, Laura. You know, I, I tell you, I've been excited about uh, uh, this show ever since we chatted, and and uh, just like Michelle said, you got so many titles. Uh, we, we're going to let you tell our, our, our listeners and, and our viewers a little bit about that, but uh, I want to congratulate you uh, on being elected uh, to the uh, Board of Palomar Healthcare uh, District, so uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, so, uh, Laura, can you tell our, our viewers and our listeners a little bit about you, where you grew up, you know, some of uh, the organizations and some of the uh, positions that you have held? Mm-hmm. Sure. It would be my pleasure. And, and, and thank you for your interest. I am a pioneer in the home care aid industry and started um, many years ago, obviously, since 1984 and different models of care. And it was way in advance of even hearing the term home care aid. So I worked a lot with the state association, first member elected to the CASA, our state association board representing the home care aid industry, and really promoted national accreditation, national training standards, way in advance of recognition for the importance of where we are today. The great need, the imperative need for long-term care in the home and home and community-based services to meet the growing need for the boomer population and also growing need for persons with disabilities and children with developmental disabilities. Wow. That's, that's, that's a lot. (laughs) You know, so uh, Michelle had mentioned that, uh, you know, you, you're in the the profit for profit and nonprofit. How does that work? Well, I I originally had the nonprofit, which is, which is really exciting to me to make, I was um, very much part of the nonprofit sector. And then at one point I had a side by side nonprofit and for profit. And then over a five-year period of time, um, everything became the for-profit for a variety of reasons, uh, supported by a board of directors over a five-year period of time. What I feel really good about is at the end of the nonprofit day, we contributed thousands of dollars to our community, buying kitchen equipment for programs like Meals on Wheels. So it was a, a, in that change, it was a great feeling of doing everything the way that was proper for us to do and also contributing to our community. Lori, if I might, if I might uh, just uh, say hello, first of all. Hello. Uh, I know Lori very well. Uh, she is a, a very esteemed, uh, twice now elected official representing the Palomar Health Board District. Uh, Lori, the health care field is changing so rapidly. 
we see patients talking about, you know, uh, not getting the care they need, not being able to get in. Doctors are complaining that the, that the uh, institutions for which they work aren't really caring for them. You are at ground zero. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on in healthcare today and from your perspective? Well, it's pretty dynamic, I must say. And I think that those um, concerns and issues you addressed are legitimate. Um, I am not so sure we have all the answers we really need at this point in time. And we're undergoing massive social change, which is really impinging upon our everyday life, how we do what we do, and how we care for other people. The difficulty we're faced with is that it's all converging at the same time, which is disturbing to me because... (laughs) Some of us have been working a long time on avoiding this crisis. Um, I felt that training and education was a very good way to go to avoid that. Um, Hospitals at large are also experiencing staff shortages. Um, Lots of change there, lots of shifts from hospitalizations to more outpatient procedures. And we even may be doing more than, than we were doing before. But then everything shifts the reimbursement. So one could be doing a lot more, but getting reimbursed a lot less. We're seeing growth in the Medi-Cal sectors across the board in healthcare. Um, my organization has a no very small new contract within one of those state segments. The money is federal, but it's tra- it goes down to the state level, providing um, in, in for the Medi-Cal population through a major healthcare provider. So what we're doing is we're seeing, you know, by 2030, every baby boomer is going to be 65 or older. We're seeing more baby boomers than people 18 years of age or younger. So we're seeing a collision of a social dynamic of the ages out of whack, so to speak, with meeting the needs that we have in our everyday life. So, you know, being a part of that is my purpose, I feel, being a part of that understanding is very much a motivation why I continue the work that I do. Wow. You know, so you're right. And you hit it on the nose about uh, the baby boomers, uh, you know, uh, becoming over 65. I'm one of those. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I tell you. <laughs> We won't, we won't tell anyone, okay? <laughs> just between us. And we just keep, I tell you, we're going to take a station break. We're going to take a station break, but you know what I tell you? We're going to come back, and we're going to continue to talk to Lori. And I tell you what, she's going to tell us about her organization, a lot of things that they're doing, et cetera. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, all you have to do is call 1-866-577-2473. But we'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. 
We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and uh, we got Lori here, and, and she's bringing it, and she's educating us on on things that I believe that we all need to we all need to have an understanding of because we all have it's either ourselves or we have loved ones or we have friends that uh, are all going to need help, family care, a lot of different other mechanisms or health care that Lori organization is providing. And uh, I tell you, I can't wait to uh, dig in deeper and find out a lot more about this. And, and Doc, what do you think so far, Dr. Mantel? Well, I think Lori's a terrific guest. And I think you're, you're speaking about a topic that is so important. Um, I, was, I just came back from the American Society of Hematology uh, this, the other day. 30,000 hematologists, oncologists were there. Uh, many of them were talking about end-of-life care, palliative care, assisted living, uh, and so forth. And I was thinking how timely that we're having you, the expert in this area, on the show. There was another topic that they talked about. If we have time, we can address it. But I'm, in- I'm interested in you speaking about how families uh, can begin to pay attention to the needs of older uh, relatives who need this care. And how can they uh, begin to, you know, connect with an organization like yours? That's a very good question. And it's a dimensional answer. A lot of it depends upon the socioeconomic status of the individual, uh, what one qualifies for through special programs. We do a lot of work, for example, for veterans through uh, the Veterans Administration and have for years for the senior veterans and also through programs such as Regional Center for persons with developmental disabilities. So, um, and then we have nonprofit partners who have state funding and other types of funding, which help pay for the services. 
So we have um, an abundance of different funding sources and different opportunities in the community. For those who are not able to access those programs, there is private pay. Some people do have long-term care insurance and whether or not this particular level of care, which is the fastest growing in healthcare today, which is amazing to me, is, is sometimes or sometimes not something that long-term care is willing to reimburse. Can you bring it down to practical terms? Someone has a mother or father uh, that, that needs care, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Alzheimer's or dementia or physical dis- difficulties getting around or other health issues mm-hmm. that need uh, nursing or attention or assistance. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what happens. So someone is coming to the house. How, how, describe it to us. What I believe I'm hearing you say is how do people access care? And, and, and then when they get the care, what is that care? Someone's coming into my home, helping dad or mom. What does that look like? Okay. Well, you're asking a question that has a little bit of dimension to it. First up, it depends upon the uh, medical, mental, and physical abilities. And oftentimes it starts with a physician who will diagnose and say, um, you know, where does this person need to be? Is it post-hospital? Does that mean that the individual needs to go to rehab? before considering going home. So a physician can play an important role there. Hospitals have social worker departments, social services, discharge planners that maintain a list and they can offer that per geographical region of providers whom they trust. But what it really boils down to is assistance with the functions of daily living. How well can someone manage at home without assistance? Sometimes we have a complex issue. For example, to personalize it, my own mother needed care. She developed Alzheimer's and was in stage two. And all the responsibility was mine. And I went through the early diagnosis, working with neurologists, working with physicians to get to a place of understanding what the issues were. Mom had her own home, which dad left her. So there was the whole complicated issue of she really wasn't someone you would put in a home and she didn't want to be. And that's the thing. People want to maintain their independence as much as possible. So we did that. And we did that through my organization providing the non-medical support. But backing that up, what would we do if mom wanted to stay home but needed medical support too? So that's where a home health agency would come into play prescribed by the physician, reimbursable, especially by the Medicare programs, especially by post-hospital discharge, certain benefits are available that way. So we're talking about two things, short-term medical situations like hospitalization, rehab, etc. Then we bring someone home, we may be talking about the level of care, which is the non-medical licensed home organizations to provide assistance with the functions of daily living. But what does that mean? It means all the things we normally do in our life. Get in and out of bed. Go and brush our teeth. Go out to the kitchen to make a muffin, pour some coffee. These are things that some people cannot do without help. Do it all. We have people in wheelchairs, people with walkers. So we need quality organizations who are licensed properly with a workforce that is properly trained Work with families or work with the funding sources like I described. The funding sources will authorize how many hours of service is determined by social services. We must comply with those agencies and those authorizations. However, for the private market, 
it's a little more difficult sometimes because those families are literally on their own. Mm -hmm. So for every client, regardless of funding, we develop a very comprehensive care plan, very detailed to even, do you have a pet in the home environment? Mm -hmm. Are you a smoker or a Mm non-smoker? All the details, the diagnosis, everything within a social um, just social and the physical, we even determine, you know, what is the cognitive ability and all of that to then staff an appropriate home care aid working within the budget of the family. What's so amazing to me that we've been doing this for so long and I feel doing it well. And that's the key. We can do something for a long period of time, but are we doing it well? And we know that by the fact that our funding sources like to continue with us Our private patients stay with us a long time. We don't have injured workers and we don't have injured clients. That's a big thing. So our training and level of care and our due diligence is spot on for our level of care. So then we actually do the scheduling of home care aid fully responsible as an employer. We pay the worker, do the oversight for that worker. And then we do have um, a care manager as opposed to a case manager who will go out periodically to the client's home. Do uh, um, So is this 24-hour care or is it just based on the assessment and evaluation of, of the doctor? And if so, what challenges, what are some of the challenges that uh, you might have? Well, the whole thing's a challenge. <laughs> Helping people is a challenge if we're really being honest about it because we're talking about something we don't hear much of. It's called customized care. Every single client we have, and we have hundreds of them, is an individual world, individual needs, individual family dynamics. Some have families, some do not. It's all over the, you know, it's complete. And we have to tailor, at least in my opinion, from my perspective, the, the what we provide and how we do it for the needs of the client, because that's why we're, that's our purpose. That's what we do. So a physician is oftentimes involved when a medical need is is relevant, such as physical therapy, speech pathology, or home health, which is licensed medical care in the home. We are long-term care, non-medical services in the home. I was one of the most radical proponents of non-medical care going many years back before people understood what it even was. Now, as we see a loss of, as, as Dr. Mantel mentioned, Physicians are retiring. We're seeing growth in the sectors of nurse practitioners. We're seeing growth in other sectors, which means that we're going to have to have more and more people underneath that particular oversight providing care because we don't have enough people to provide it. So we are helping with the fundamental um, assistance with daily living. In addition to that, we can provide respite in effect for a family member or friends of the family who's trying to care for a loved one, which is critical because the issue of making certain the family member doesn't burn out or because has experiences ill health health is sometimes difficult for them. They feel guilty having their hair done, seeing a doctor, taking care of themselves. So being um, available to provide that service is also, I feel, a social imperative. Wow. You know, so uh, you, you, you mentioned uh, that it's more than just uh, seniors. Uh, you got veterans, disabled veterans, you got children, you got uh, I mean, all, all different types. What is the process? OK, 
uh, of being approved. And I think we're going to take a break in about a minute. So we can start this. Yeah, so uh, let's, uh, but we got about one minute uh, before the break. What's, what's the process? Are you, are you talking about being approved to be a provider or to become a client? Become a client. Okay. So the approval process, short story. Do they have certain funding available which pays for it and authorizes for their care, such as the Veterans Administration or the Regional Center for Persons with Developmental Disabilities? If they don't have any benefits like that, it's a private pay basis, and all they have to do is pick up the phone and call. And we take them through the um, path of what do you really need in your home, what is the most cost effective and what is the most helpful? Wow. You know, we got to take a station break, but this is so interesting. And this is information that, again, I believe everybody needs to know about this. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, one 577 2473 or you can go to your comments and you can ask her any question you want to. I promise I'll give you on the screen. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And I tell you, this is a true education. And I mentioned by grabbing you five or six bags of popcorn. I tell you, <laughs> I, I'm, mine's, I'm empty already. I mean, it, it's just that that exciting and it's going to even get better, you know, because, uh, you know, we got uh, Lori uh, here and she's bringing, we got my, my great friend, Dr. Michael Mantell. 
uh that's uh and I, I really appreciate you stepping up doc and co-hosting this laura it's an absolute pleasure because our viewers and our listeners they need to know about these things mm -hmm. and they they need to know that it's not an easy process mm -hmm. and uh that uh, we all got loved ones like i mentioned you know, so I, I know we started uh, talking about the process, but uh, when should uh, a, when when should a a person consider? Um, I'm talking. About, I know that doctors are always going to get in the right uh, information, but sometimes uh, we are stubborn as you know our parents or others get older, and we we don't want to let them go. Uh, or bring someone else in because we think that we can do it ourselves. And sometimes we we can't do we can't do it ourselves. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, first of all, my personal philosophy, this is not a professional one, it's my personal. I think every individual has a right to fight and a right to struggle with their own problems. I think that when it comes to family, that was that was the choice I made with my own mom. She was insistent about staying home. Uh, she would not accept 24-hour care in the home. And she fell and broke her pelvis and then ended up in a, it was a very first-rate boarding care during the last seven months of her life. So we all deserve to struggle and fight for our independence. On the other hand, when it gets to a point where we could be in a position to have a fall, or we're in a position where we could accidentally set this stove on fire, cooking something or burning ourselves or not being able to go to the restroom ourselves, or it would be dangerous to shower ourselves. That would be a really good indication that help is needed. I can't emphasize enough the importance of providing a break for the family caregiver to prevent burnout and to prevent harm, even people, even family members trying to do more than they physically or emotionally can do. So part of providing relief that way, too, is a very important service while we, we watch the loved one at home. Lori, I, I want to make a slight turn here. Yes. One of the things that I admire about you and that tens of thousands of voters who have put you into office as an elected official on the Palomar Health Board uh, recognize about you. It comes from a saying that I, that I use in my work with uh, healthcare, and that is it's not what's in the black bag that is healing as much as it's what's in the heart of the person carrying that black bag. Now, I shared that at the American Society of Hematology Conference this, this last weekend, and I looked around and I realized Many people in the audience, there were 30,000 people in attendance, and I ran a three-day physician wellness studio for this group. And I looked around at the people in the audience, and many of them didn't know what I was talking about, about a black bag. We're talking about young physicians, people who don't relate to that. I know that you do. The question is this. One of the most popular um, arenas that – uh, Ash, American Society of Hematology, had set up was called the Health Equity Studio, mm -hmm. where they talked about diversity mm -hmm. and uh, equity and inclusiveness in healthcare. Mm -hmm. When we were driving in, a, in the shuttle bus from the from the hotel to the convention center in New Orleans, there was a tense city. 
where people lived in these tents. And a man came out of the tent, and I mean, I'm choked up about this, but a man came out of the tent with a broom, and he started sweeping up the park. This was his home. He was sweeping up the park. Now, he was limping. His health care needs are difficult to be met because of finance and a whole host of other issues. Describe what the Palomar Health Board, the health district, provides people who don't have the means for, for this kind of home health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can people who have concerns, um, whether it's sexism or racism or ageism, what do they do to get the help that they need? There's some wonderful programs supported by Palomar Hospital. Um, One Safe Place is a good description for women and children who are uh, abused um, in by their own families. And they have a place to go where they literally walk through the door and completely rebuild their life. So the solution is that for any hospital district to align themselves with part, being a part of the caring community to help solve and collaborate over problems of, of huge social magnitude. And I hear you about someone, you know, living on the streets or someone who's homeless. There are laws that protect independence. And unfortunately, the ability to help, the ability to get them off the streets or in a quote unquote safe place is not as easy as people might think. Now, I'm not an expert regarding those laws, but it's a very sad aspect and all. And it's, it promulgates ill health. The per, I mean, an individual can never recover. There, as you know, in your field, a preponderance of mental health issues, p- perhaps abuses, drug abuse issues. And it's certainly not a healthy model for a community. And it's certainly not healthy for the individual. So I think that um, part of the gratification I have for the work that I do is being a part of the community and the caring community, being able to be called upon for my own sphere of expertise when it's needed. And we were, during COVID, we were hit literally with having no regulations in California. At that time, nobody knew anything. It was nobody's fault. We were all um, walking in darkness at that point where it was individual decisions on you know, my part for my own organization. It was a two-part thing, the patient and then the workforce, what to do about that, how to do it. And so there was the opportunity through uh, some of our partners to give them the bad news that we could not come out during certain conditions and help because employment, being an employer means you cannot place a worker in a harmful situation knowingly to a pressing social need where we had no rule book to follow to know what to do, which was extremely dangerous. What I felt good about was that in some cases, because of our collaborative relationships, the community, in my opinion, is everything from city to city, community to community across the country. We need that because that's what gets us through. We collaborate, we trust each other, we work together to meet the needs of the individual each in our own way. I have so a question for you. My answer. Yes. We talk a lot about the patient experience. 
Yes. We talk a lot about you know, how doctors need to take care of patients and be compassionate and give patients time and help patients feel important and cared for. I want to flip this around. Okay. From your perspective, the Palomar, the Palomar Health District covers what areas in California, just real quickly, so we make sure. Well, it's the largest district hospital in the state. It's throughout the, the San Diego region, and it's probably looking at between six and 700,000 households. Even okay. though when, when people voted for me, it was my little zone. But now that I'm real again, and then I, 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 I you know, did my, my pledge, you know, on Monday night, I'm representing my piece of, you know, of that entire district. So it's, it's quite large, a huge impact. What can we do to empower patients of all ages? But I'm, my concern is particularly older folks. What can we do to empower patients to help them get the health care that they need? Well, I'm a big believer in community education. So I have just been appointed to the ACHD, which is Sacramento-based. It's the American, um, it's the Association of District Hospitals, and I'm on the Education Committee. And that's why I'm on the Education Committee, because I agree we need to do something about it. We need to do something about the educational piece and how we convey who and what we are within our different spheres, whether hospice, whether home care aid, whether home health, whether hospital, about that very thing. The truth is, and I know that you know this, we get down to ageism. Ageism, too young, too old. And what really scares me going forward, especially with not having the level and supply of home care people or healthcare people or medical people that we need is in emergency situations, they're going to do it by the numbers. And I think that that's where we lose the individualization. Um, Everybody's physiology is different. Everybody's temperament is different. How can we treat someone even under an emergency situation based on numbers when so many of us don't fit within those cohorts? What do we do? So it's a pet peeve of mine, actually. I'm glad you brought it up. I hope that through my own sphere, I'm able to help do something about that, which is why I'm on the education committee, for one, from the hospital perspective. But from my own practice perspective, there's other things that I'm doing And I think that this type of program, to be honest with you, is a big step forward in that to the emphasis of the importance of the community, customized care. We mentioned the Canada situation with a colleague, and I worked several years ago on, um, uh, what is that called? It's um, the Canadian health model of healthcare being brought to the states. And I served on a committee relative to that because there's some good news about it. On the other hand, I think people have the right to choose what's right for them. And I don't think those rights should be given away. So what my concern is, too, besides the shortage of people, is the preponderance of people who are going to need to access health care. Do you know that when you think about within about seven years, everyone will be 65 and older? And what's going to happen to us? Are we going to be considered a social burden? Are we going to be able to individuate, show compassion, or is it just another you know, boomer walking in the hospital or whatever the circumstances needing care. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, yes. thought Laura. We got to take oh. a station break. Oh, oh, hold sorry. that thought. I want, I want to pick it up I do too. Uh, <laughs> when we get back because it's, okay. it's, it's a, you know, so I tell you what, just like I said, I mean, she's putting it out there and uh, it's a lot of things that we're going to continue to discuss. So everybody okay. stay tuned. We'll be back shortly after break with some more Laura. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooler and Dr. Michael Mantell. We'll see you shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and uh, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm learning so much uh, just listening to you, Lord. Uh, just learning so much about uh, a lot of things that I, you know. Sometimes we think that we we have an idea uh, about, uh, and we have no idea actually. And uh, many times we need the professionals uh, like your organization to come in and make sure that. Uh, our loved ones, regardless of whether they're elderly, dis- disabled vets or children, get the proper care that they need. And so uh, I'm just so happy uh, to know that your organization is, is doing all those great things. You know, so I tell you, our viewers and our listeners, you want to be part of this conversation? It's not too late. one 877 Or just go to the comments and ask uh, Lorraine the question you want to. I think uh, Dr. Michelle Cooley got a question uh, for you. Dr. Cooley. Yes, I'm back on this. I'm back on view. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Lori, I have a question. So the, the, the staff, the professionals that do go to um, people's homes for at-home care for their loved ones, have you, what does the, the organization do, do about let's say the staff, if they have burnout issues, you know, let's say you have family taking care and they get burned out and they, they mean, well, what about the professionals? Has there ever been a case where they get burned out? 
Well, it's a very good question. Um, it comes to mind something I wanted to convey too. The ability to do what we do or how we go about it could vary from state to state. And I can speak to California. My organization is within the, the confines of the city and county of San Diego. Um, so we have, um, even though many of our workers are um, would be considered per diem part-time, they like the flexibility. We have a sick time program. If someone calls and says, I'm not available at this particular time for this particular reason, we support it. We uh, have uh, people from time to time, uh, very few uh, issues with COVID, but we're very meticulous with screening people. We have shelves of masks, disposable gloves, uh, disposable aprons, and COVID test kits. So even if there's a sniffle or sneeze, we provide those for our workforce for free. So the, the thing that I think people need to know is, is that when they work with an employer, their employer cares, and that they're following consistent guidelines and protocols. Um, we've had people who were exposed but didn't have COVID. We are very fortunate with our workers' comp. We have a nurse triage they can call. So we offer those kinds of supports, and people know that we do. And I really do think that it's important. So that, that's how we manage it for our particular practice. Lori, I'm, I'm wondering this. Um, we've been talking about seniors and older folks and mm-hmm. baby boomers and so forth. But an, an element of the service that your organization provides mm-hmm. is for children. And mm-hmm. I think that that gets lost. It's just a toss away. We throw that in there and move on and focus on the older folks. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what children need. What kind of services do kids need? And how are they identified? And what what happens? Parents have to go to work. The kids needs to be home. How does that work practically? Well, I think that many parents would um, work with other programs, after-school programs, um, daycare centers. We work predominantly when it comes to the children um, population for, with persons with developmental disabilities funded through San Diego Regional Center. So we're looking then at children who may have autism or cerebral palsy or some other level of de- developmental disability where there is not a significant behavioral problem that would fall into a different type of provider and would provide relief for the family, um, enabling them to go to work and also provide companionship. I don't know what happened. I I hope we're still here. Doc. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. It seemed like we got cut off for a second. (laughs) We got cut off. Lori got cut off. Lori, in terms of the training that Mm -hmm. the uh, home professionals, the home aides uh, get with kids, is it a different level of training? Is is there more concern about child safety that we see? Well, part of the... the, um the, the component of what we do being a life state of California, fully licensed, very proud of that, um, with this, the Department of Social Services. All home care aides need to be registered, which means they're part of the life scan for background histories, and there are specific training requirements. Um, we have um, someone with many years of experience, a CNA, who trains relative to, we call it our lab, 
where we simulate a patient and then we have assistive devices. So the issues of developmental disability are, is, is discussed. The issue of child is discussed or someone who needs ambulation in and out of the bed is discussed and demonstrated by the person who wants to become an employee. Then we have continuing it every year and we go over those particular skills as well. And if you had, uh, if you had a blank slate and a magic wand and you, Lori Edwards Tate, were in charge of home health care across the country, as I think someday you're going to be. <laughs> but I, I wonder, what do you, what is your dream? What does it look like if you could make it the, exactly the way you want it? What, what, are the, what would it look like? Now I'm going to start getting teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big question. Well, <clears throat> one of the things I'm working on, too, and this is a very simplistic response, is for some people who are in younger populations where they do not feel incentivized to work, get off the couch and help. I almost want to have a lot of T-shirts, you know, get off the couch, help other people and create a whole thing, which I'm actually trying to do. And I can talk about that if there's time. So I would change perspectives about basically getting off the couch purpose, the things that JC is so well-equipped to talk about, realizing that we're here for a reason, for a purpose, to help instill that sense of find your place within that spectrum to help. Part of that we need to, and you mentioned uh, cultural you know, sensitivity inclusion, we need to have sensitivity for all peoples, all ages. We need to have a sense of non-discriminatory and we need to have a sense of not everyone is the same. Everybody's needs are different. So unless we get more people to do that, I'm afraid we're going to have a very difficult time being compassionate and helpful because all I can see, and I know this with my own staff, burnout. From the standpoint, everybody's trying to do more than they can. The physician, physicians and hospitals, if they've been there a long time especially, go the extra mile, do these extra things. And it's a very stressful environment. And it's to a point where I think damaging, it damages them. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it, to me, it's, it's a risky situation. And I, I would deal with that. I think we need to stop where the root of the problem is. And it's our societal attitudes about getting off the couch, for one, and our perspective on other human beings, the other. And I think that would be one major thing I would do. And then um, look at how we can better integrate programs to be more seamless and customized for the client and bring in some of the aspects that you um, believe in and, and advocate for, the issues of compassionate care. But we've got to educate people starting at the bottom, give them ways to rise up in the healthcare or helping professions where it becomes an integrated educational system to do that. So it's two-pronged. It's educational and it's healthcare system itself. Wow. That, I mean, you hit it on the nose. And we're down to the last two minutes of the show. And so we, it's... it's uh, oh, what, no! <laughs> what, and this is so great. I wish we could... We're going to do part two. We're going to do part, we're, we're to do part two of this. But uh, okay. real quickly... Real quickly. <laughs> how, how has uh, at home family care change you as a person at your home family care has changed me considerably because when I started, you know, I, this was not my first rodeo in terms of being an entrepreneur. I believe in the business 
you know, being a small business. And I started when only a few hundred thousand women across the country were in business for themselves. Mm. To me, it's never been about the money. It's been about the purpose. Mm. So it doesn't matter to me if we're not a big international corporation. What matters to me is I'm a native San Diegan and I want to take care of my people. I want to take care of my family. I want to be part of the caring community. And I feel that we've succeeded in doing that. Um, now I'm losing touch with the question. What was that, that? What's that thing you want me to get to again? Well, first of all, I want you to get to uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Uh, yeah, we real quickly, 30 seconds. How can they get in touch with you if they, if they wanted to? How well, they- I've got a, a wonder, I've got a website and it has social icons. That would be the way to go at your home family www. And then the, the Facebook and, um, uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. I'm on LinkedIn. So those would be the best ways to reach us. Um, I know this is a, a broad market that you have. We don't serve. So I'd like to, if I may, with a lasting comment, people need to get off the sofas, off the couches, and they need to get to work. We need to build a system that creates incentive to accomplish that very thing. And I'm in the process here at home trying to make a difference that way. So we need to do that. And um make the world a better place for everyone to live in and think long-term, not short-term when we make policy. So we have to dream big, think big, and be big at everything we do. You know, I tell you what, we got we to gotta do part two, and we're going to work that out. And I, I know I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show with your wife. Dr. Mantia, come on, man. Anytime. Thank you. Thank so you. I like this. I like to thank Dr. Michelle Cooley for putting this together. Oh, yes. She does all the heavy lifting. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience, our viewers. I love you. And I want you to dream big, think big, and be big. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. Thanks for joining us for The James Cooley Show. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.